You're listening to Bellwether's podcast with Matthews Joseph. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Bellwether's podcast. Welcome to the next episode, a brand new one. And today we have with us Joanna Finney. Joanna is all the way from Tennessee and she is the founder of the Beholding Initiative, which is formerly known as the Jesus Collective. We will be talking a lot about that, but it's such an honor, such a joy, and it's a great pleasure to have you here, Joanna. Welcome to Belvedere's Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So Joanna, why don't you take a couple of minutes and tell about yourself, tell about what the Beholding Initiative and everything is all about. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just quickly, a little bit about myself. Um, I was born in Kerala, India. Um, around the time I was like three, my family and I moved to Tennessee, which is where I've been since. Um, I just recently graduated with a bachelor's in psychology. Um, I'm very passionate about mental health and leading people just to the knowledge of Christ. And I think it's really important for us, especially as a culture, to identify with the importance of mental health and knowing that um, the same God that wants to give you physical healing is the same God that wants to you know, set the captives free when it comes to our mental health, right? Um, so that's like my career passions and ministry passions as far as where God's leading me. Um, Jesus Collective started back in, well, what is now the Beholding Initiative, started back in 2018. So it's been about two years now. Um, we started this really just to create a space where young people can come together um, and throughout the week just be reminded and just to be drawn into the presence of God. Um, because, you know, we know that life can get busy and sometimes it's hard to give that focus or that attention to Jesus. But we want to make sure that there is an avenue present for them where they can be reminded that, hey, we need to dive back in and we need to anchor ourselves in Jesus, even if life does get busy. Um, but that's just kind of a quick synopsis of what um, the Beholding Initiative is. Uh, that is amazing. That is just like, you know, that's that's a lot of information, but, you know, that's like amazing. Totally. What you guys doing, the wish and the passion that you guys have. It's like amazing. And I've seen like a lot of your video, videos, like um, I think in 2019, a couple of times in 2020. So it's like amazing what you guys are doing, you know, bringing different people together, um, making more like a platform where, you know, people can speak and people can, we can reach out to people. And today, which is like one of the most needed things right now, because uh, I mean, even though you started in 2018, I think it's like in 20, since 2020, since we saw a global pandemic, I think, you know, mental health and, you know, we need people to reach out to each other. And I think today that has become more strategic than it was like, you know, maybe two years back, because today everybody needs, I mean, we just need to be checked upon and, you know, obviously we just want people to know each other and, you know, just like the mental health issues and everybody's going into work from home situation and all the super stressed out people and all these things happening. And I think, I, I think it's like the right time for you, like, you know, to, that you guys are, uh, you guys are going forward with this and it's just like super amazing to see this happening. So, all right, let's just jump into the questions and we'll explore more about what you guys are doing and what, what the purpose, the vision that you guys have. So starting off, um, since the inception, uh, how has the Beholding Initiative been able to inspire a generation to follow Jesus more passionately? Yeah, um, I love this question because I remember even before we started the group, um, I remember having conversations with a lot of young kids who... Um, who've been in the church all their lives, who have been following Jesus, you know, quote unquote, following Jesus all their lives. But um, I would have these conversations with them and they would tell me, you know, I lead worship for my church. I serve in my church. 
Um, but then when you ask them the question of how is your relationship with God, where's your heart, they would really honestly just kind of respond and say, I don't know that I really have a relationship with God. And that's where I feel like for all of us, our hearts start to break because we're seeing a church who is working hard, um, but not really knowing the God that they're working for or the kingdom that they're representing. Um, and so truly, like even for our group and our team, the heart behind it has really been okay, so there's a generation who seems to be lacking knowledge of who God really is. And so even through the posts that we're putting up, again, we are an Instagram-based ministry. So a lot of our content is just posted on Instagram or posted on YouTube and we transfer it over to Instagram. And really the heart behind it is that as these kids are walking through life, that these, these moments are kind of inserted during their week where it's like, hey guys, let's take a minute. Let's take a pause in our week and let's worship God together. Let's take a pause in our week and let's hear from the word of God. Let's take a pause in our week. Let's pray together. Um, and just kind of surrounding them, right? Being the bridge between Sunday worship and the next Sunday worship. And during the week, we're just coming together and creating that space and reminding them that, hey, it is important that you have a relationship with this God that you claim to worship and you claim to serve uh, during the weekends. You know, the relationship is where the rest of it should start. Um, and so we've just seen a lot of kids reaching out and saying, hey, thank you for the reminder. Thank you for the avenue where we get to come to the presence of God where Otherwise, we might have forgotten or otherwise we might have just put God on the sidelines um, and just gone about our business. Right. Um, and so we've just been so moved by how God has been moving in this generation. Um, and we continue to pray that God would create avenues and, and bring forth platforms where we can just bring his name to the forefront where where maybe this generation has kept him in the back. Um, so that has just been how we've been seeing God move so far um, in, in the work that he's been doing through the Beholding Initiative. Wow. That's, that's a super amazing what you just said. It's like, you hit on a lot, you hit on a lot of points over there. I just want to just like, want to go back and say, I mean, about how Jesus is becoming, I mean, it's becoming a heartbeat for this generation and we might not see it. I mean, but there's like a lot of it, but we, there's like a lot of work that is happening behind the scenes. I mean, it's not like the way the media or the social media or all these people say, but there's a huge movement that is taking place all around earth, which is making Jesus known to each and every other individual in the world. And, uh, and most people say like, there, 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 there are different types of moments. If you ask me, like there are social media based moments, there are YouTube based moments, like people just like putting lives and all those stuff. And there's like in-person crusades kind of happening around India and Africa and different parts of like, uh, towards, towards the Eastern side. And even in the in the, in the Southern Americas, I mean, in Brazil and Argentina and all these places we see in the Latin American Latin American countries, we see like there's also huge movements that are being birthed for Jesus. And that is something that it is amazing to see in this generation. And in the midst of others, we still need the social media one. And because it's like the heart that you had to start off this initiative. And I just want to input that. And because like, uh, from what, I mean, I, I mean, I, I told this, this particular statement multiple times on this podcast and multiple times, a lot of people who know me. And I, I tell them this, like there's almost 3.5 billion people 
who uses social media. So that's like half the world population is on social media in one form or another. So either they have a WhatsApp or a Facebook or Instagram or something or the other or Twitter, any of this. So there is a huge possibility where we can explore what they're doing and we can find out more about these folks and find out like what we, we have the capacity to reach them. And this, it's just going to be one Instagram post or one Facebook post or one tweet that can probably change the life of another person. And when we see that there's a huge potential, I mean, there's a huge potential for social media revival, if you ask me. And you know, I see like a lot of people, like a lot of my friends in Dallas that like they're using these social media, especially TikTok. I see like 16 year olds and 14 year olds like doing TikTok videos and I'm like, man, that is crazy. I mean, you know, they're starting a revolution or a, revi a revival on TikTok and that's like crazy amazing. And today we just need like people like that. We need, we need people who are minded, open-minded to use any platform that's available to spread the gospel. Because today people, people are more broken than we see. I mean, they might, I mean, every, we, we might, we might see them laughing. We might see them uh, smiling and, you know, enjoying everything, but deep down, everybody is broken. And the only thing that can, there's like this huge void in every person's heart that only Jesus can fill. I mean, you can, eat, there's nothing else that can fill that void and that's Jesus. And, and that happens only when you submit and that submission is what, is what changes the trajectory of your life. And I've seen that at the, and you, I'm from, you have seen that. That's why you could sell a moment. A lot of people have seen that. And, you know, when that takes place, that's when like, you know, moments are not birthed at just out of like a or fortnight or like a, or, or a night of prayer or something like that. It takes years. I mean, people who have started moments like this, I, and I believe like even if you take Billy Graham or Reinhard Bonnke or B B Bill, uh, or Benny Hinn or you take any big pastor or all these big folks evangelists there, they all have spent countless hours in the presence of God because they love him so much for to birth a moment like that. It's not like something that you can come up with. Hey, I have this idea, you know, can, you can just come up with that in one morning because you only get that when you spend time in the presence. And that is like, it's like a haven. And when you spend time more in the presence, God tames you and he makes you more like him. And I think that's the whole pro point of being, you know, starting anything, you know, make people more like him, make, make him known and give give access to Jesus. Just tell people about Jesus. And I think that's, that's the most amazing thing that you can do for any person in this world. No, absolutely. You're spot on. And I think uh, what you said is very important as far as spending time. We're about, I know we're going to talk about this later, but even just starting in his presence is so important. Because one thing that I always tell people is um, you cannot talk about a God that you don't know. Um, and I think we, we also live in a church culture right now where it's exciting to start something and it's exciting to be like, hey, I started this ministry or I did this. But if your intention is to make God known, you have to start in his presence and you have to be in this in this posture of humility, because unless you're surrendered to the will of God, ultimately his glory will not be shown. It'll be your glory. Right. And I think yeah, that's so yeah. important for leaders to understand is. Hey, it's not about starting another ministry. It's truly how can my life be at the end of the day reflecting Christ and how can I be pointing back to Christ? Definitely. That's spot on again. And let's just jump on to the next question. Uh, and this is going to be about like more like about how you build a community around you in the last past three years. So how do you think Instagram lives and short videos like five or six minutes once have been have helped you build the community around you? 
Yeah. So funny story really quick. Um, before COVID, before um, COVID lockdown and everything, we didn't do lives. We didn't do short videos or anything. It used to just be like a, sh a small graphic and we'd do like a little encouraging word in the comments. Um, COVID and this isolation really pushed our team to think about, hey, how can we connect with the people that we would have maybe seen at a camp or a conference every year? Um, this year, we're just not getting that connectedness. Um, so what can we do? How can we continue to relay the importance of the scripture and, and being in God's presence with other people when we're not actually physically together? Um, and so that's when obviously the power of social media like really started to unfold for us because even just on Instagram over the past year, we saw them introduce um, not only IG lives, but now you can add more than one person to Instagram lives. You can upload long, longer videos, like hour long videos to Instagram, um, so many different avenues. And so we started thinking, okay, what are ways that we can as you know another regular person who loves jesus how can they see a face put a face to the people that are sharing the word of god because i think there's something very powerful about that right because yeah. we can be in our room and we can try to open up the scripture and try to study it and there are a lot of kids who struggle with that but there's something even more powerful about seeing everyday people who are saying, hey, this is what God taught me through the word of God. Um, and so we really found it powerful to watch this avenue of videos, right? Face-to-face -face conversations, even though they're not like in person and you're not getting to interact with them in person, the power of being able to present these videos to them um, through the social media platform. Um, and I know in our community, a lot of people will say like social media carries such like a negative, oh, this is so bad, like kids are spending way too much time on social media. But we're over here trying to challenge that and say, hey, we can also use social media for good. We, like you said, right? I totally believe that God's going to use social media as a platform for revival. Um, and so that's where we're trying to find ways where, okay, like our Instagram feeds are filled with influencers and, and other, you know, like beauty gurus and things like that. But how can we also insert Jesus into the picture? How can we also insert encouragement and prayer and worship into people's feeds? Um, and so the community aspect really came from, um, for anyone who's seen our page, we really love to incorporate other people into kingdom building. Um, we love to invite our friends, other people who are passionate about the word, um, passionate about worship, and we like to invite them onto the platform to be able to share what God has put on their hearts. Um, and so to, what we typically do is we'll pick a topic for the month and we'll pick out maybe four or five people for the month and we'll convey them the topic and the scripture we're basing that month on and we just encourage them to share from the word. Um, and so we've really watched the community grow through that. Um, it's, it's just this mindset of holding each other's hands as we build the kingdom, right? It's not a, just about one person and that one person gets the biggest platform to share the word. It is, we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And so we have all been commissioned to go into the world and to share the gospel. Um, and so it's really just about taking each other's hands and, and walking into this journey of sharing the word to those who may not know it or those who have maybe walked away from Christ. Wow, that's just super amazing what you just said, especially the last part that, you know, that's like the most important thing, I guess, because the Great Commission, I was like, that's like one of the most biggest, I think that's like, I think one of the most quoted ones after John 3.16 would be the Great Commission, where God, Jesus says, go into all the world, all the nations and preach the gospel. 
and he says go i mean he does not say okay only the pastors go or he does not say only the evangelists go only the worship leaders go he says go and it is not just specific to any particular sect or or a particular set of people in the christian community jesus is actually saying that to the entire believers over there that go and preach which is the amazing part because we are not called to just like sit in the church or like go for like Sunday morning service at nine and come back home. I get, get it down by 11 and come back home and just sleep around. No, that's what, that's not what we are called for. We're not called to be Sunday Christians. We're called to be Christians. We are called to live the life of Jesus. We are called to do everything. What he says, you know, live like he did every day, every second, everything, everything that he did it's the same pattern. So that's what we are called to do. We are never called for a comfortable lifestyle. And God never said, you know, everything is going to be okay. No, he said, there, you will, in this world, you will have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's like the, the promise. The promise there is like, you know, the promise, it's, it's like an assurance. And also at the Bible, we see like, there's like assurances God gives with every command. And that is like the amazing part because every, whatever happens, he says, everything will work, work out for good. And that's it. So, and when we see like, you know, the, the community, that the way that the Christian community needs to be built upon, it's like every person has a role in the church. I mean, even if it's like a three-year-old kid or if it's like a 70-year-old grandpa or grandma or every, anybody, every single person in the church has a huge role to play in the whole community. And I was reading this uh, recently. One of, one of my friends actually shared this with me uh, while I went for a conference. Uh, in, in the month of January in Florida, and he was saying this, the Christian church is the most prepared organization in the world. And I was like, wow, that's so super cool. Because I never heard someone say it like that because we are so prepared for the second coming. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not saying like Red Cross or any of UNICEF or any of those folks are not prepared. I mean, they are prepared and they have all this stuff but we are prepared not for a disaster. We are prepared for a heavenly marriage and we are, we are prepared for something heavenly different than that. And the way that we are preparing ourselves for like the last 2000 years, the church has been so ready to go to be with Jesus and to be coming with the second coming. And I think this is the right, this is the time that the, the, the gravity of the situation is so huge that this is the time that we need to, Pull in all those folks. Tell them, "Hey, Jesus is real. There is something that is bigger than that is than all of us. It's bigger than what we see. And it's not, this world is not what what it's missing. There's like a much beautiful thing that God is preparing for us. That's far beneath our understanding or even our wildest thoughts can even think of." And I think that's like what we need to do and the way that you guys are doing. I mean, as a community, as people, you know, getting together, people, every person has a role. And even Jesus needed to our disciples. To, to get to do his three and a half years of ministry. I mean, if Jesus wanted to do it alone, he could have do, done it alone, but he always needed 12 people to carry it on. And those, those 12, I mean, even Peter needed people. P Peter needed Peter, Paul needed, Paul needed Silas, everybody. And all throughout this is what we see is that the Christian leadership, you know, you can't do it alone. And the, the whole concept of leadership is that, you know, it, it always takes a team. And that's what Jesus did. He had 12, uh, he had 12 member team of all kinds of people. And they did it. They, they, they went ahead and did crazy things in three and a half years but while he was doing his ministry. And that's the beauty of it. And I think that's what, you know, that's what we need to focus upon because everybody, I mean, every everybody plays a hand in hand role in building the community in building the church and building the kingdom of God. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And and I think um it's so it's so funny because this this month our focus is on community, this upcoming month. Um, and I believe that we have been created for community, right? Even when it comes to serving. If you look back in Genesis, in Genesis one, right, you see Father, Son, and Spirit together 
saying, let us create them in our image, right? And God created them in the garden. And in that entire scene of creation, you are, you are literally watching God the Father create the sense of community, right? He, he created Adam and he was like, okay, I don't want him to be alone either. I'm going to create Eve. There's community again. So I, I think it's really, really important that we touch base with that factor of community even as we are serving even as we and that's where we get to defeat pride right we get to say hey it's not just about me i get to partner with my brothers and my sisters in christ to be able to proclaim the news of my father um and i think that's so very powerful well yeah that's yeah that's just like that's really beautiful because the way that we we need to see it i mean just like you said you know i mean even the the basis of the whole bible like everything adam and eve said like it's from a community mindset and that's what like god thought about and that's like really really amazing if you look i mean if you dive deep in the scriptures you can find the whole aspect of community everywhere i mean even through abraham and even through isaac or even through jacob and even got farmed and israel a nation israel out of a community of 12 brothers and that's when he actually developed them and then they had sons and daughters and they flourished and become a huge nation so that's like the whole story behind it. And, you know, when you de- do, a, do a deep, deep dive into all these things, you see how God focuses so much on community. And that's what, God, I mean, if you actually see uh, the way, uh, the way in, in Genesis, it says that God says he did not want man to be alone. That's why he gave. And you, we were never meant to do life alone. I mean, it's not just like, not just like being, having a wife or a husband, but it's not like it, we, we, were, we need, we need friends. We need brothers. We need, we need people who we can depend upon. We need mentors. We need leaders. We need all kinds of people in our life to depend upon, to lean upon. And which is really, really needed. And especially at this time of turmoil, at this time and everything around this world is like going in the craziest, most indefinite way. We need people around us to say, hey, you got this. I mean, you know, maybe a word of encouragement. One of my friends did, a lot of my friends said, this is what I do. I mean, every day morning, I text five, five people who I know and saying, hey, I'm praying for you. And he, he did that every day. And some of them get back to him and tells him like you know i really needed that because i really wanted that and i i know people who do crazy things and like there's one of my friends who actually did this crazy thing for 30 days he he, he for the whole month so he started on the first till the 30th he was praying for one particular person he never told this person what, or that he was praying for him or anything but at the end of the 30th day of the end of, end of the month he calls this person and say hey i've been praying for you for 30 days and this guy needed a revival he needed a breakthrough in his life and towards the end of the month, he saw that in his life. So that's like the power of prayer and, you know, prayer builds community. And I think that's like the basis of everything. I mean, if you take take the whole Bible, it's everything is based on prayer. You can't understand anything with the the help of your mind. It's all through the spirit and the building the community through prayer, through fellowships is like one of the most important things that you need to do. Yeah, no, that's good. Good stuff. (laughs) Yes. All right. So let's just jump on to the next question. And um, this, I mean, we just went over this a bit in the beginning, but yeah, I would like to tell, I mean, I just want to bring it up again. Um, what prompted you to start the Jesus Collective? Yeah, um, the journey of this entire, so at the time, yes, this was Jesus Collective. And at the time when God put this on my heart, actually, it was never meant to be what it is today. Um, and I, and I'll get, I'll get to that as I'm telling the story. So this was the beginning of 2018. Um, and I personally was in this weird place. Um, I have been plugged into church for as long as I can remember. Um, my parents, I had the greatest privilege of watching my parents plant a church in the city that I'm in right now. 
And that was about, I would say like 13 years ago. Um, so even before that, you know, whatever, you know, needs there were within the church, my parents raised me and my sister in a way where it was like, hey, whatever needs there are in the church, we're here, right? We are here to help. We get to serve God. We get to serve his people. And that's one of the greatest privileges. And to this day, I believe that the way that they serve God and how faithful they were with what God put on their heart really played a big part in how I have seen serving in church, right? The only thing is over time, I got so caught up in serving that I missed out on relationship with God. And this goes back to those conversations that I said I was having with those other kids. Um, And so by the end of 2017, early 2018, I was just so convicted of this concept, right? People who are busy with serving with no relationship. Um, And so I ended 2017 very exhausted, very burnt out. And I prayed to God and I was like, Lord, I know like this is not what you've created me to do just to be busy 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 and have no time for you um and so i dedicated my life and i said god normally at the beginning of the year you know we get up for testimony time and we're like okay this is what i'm gonna do this year it's a brand new year these are my resolutions um but i said god this year all i want is to know you more I want to fall in love with you. I need you in my life more than the work, more than the busyness, more than being able to say that I do all of these things for church. I want you and nothing else. And so that prayer of dedication led to um, the small desire in my heart to create some kind of accountability. And so at the time, obviously, I, I mean, Instagram was alive and active. And so I hopped on Instagram and, you know, I'm a very creative person. I love being able to put pen to paper, designing, creating. Um, and so I just had a random idea. Whatever God teaches me every day, I'm just going to put it on a small graphic and I'll post it on Instagram and put a little devotion under it. Whatever God put on my heart that day. That's where it all started. And again, at the time, Uh, There was no intention of making this a a public, everyone come and see what's going on. Over time, so that was in January, within the couple months, I had gone to our, our region's ICPF camp. And when I was at this ICPF camp, two of the girls, I've, I've known of them, but I hadn't like become friends with them. But two of the girls that were at this camp, like we got to serve on the worship team together. And we had a conversation after the camp was over where um, one of the girls, she was like, hey, if you ever need help on uh, Jesus Collective, let me know. And again, at the time, I was never thinking this was going to be anything more than just a little accountability thing. Um, so I was like, you know what? Um, yeah, I'll keep you posted. I'll, I'll keep you posted. And so I had a conversation with her. And then later on, the, the second um, friend, all three of us started to get together. And we were like, okay, um, what does God want to do through this? There has to be a reason why God brought the three of us together. Um, and so since then, it's been the three of us. But we have just been very intentional about being, okay, God, what's next, right? And I think there's been a lot of beauty in not knowing what's coming up next, because over time it went from something that God was pouring into me and saying, okay, Joanna, this is what's coming up next month. Okay, this is what's coming up next week. And it's been very incredible to see God shape dreams and visions in our hearts from something that was never meant to even be, right? 
at the beginning, we were never intending this for, for, for this to be like an online ministry or anything like that. But look at how God takes the ordinary or something that we look at as very just like mundane. And he takes that and says, okay, I want to use this for something more. Um, and, and the story that I always connect the start of uh, Jesus Collective to is the story of the, the boy who had the, the five loaves of bread and the two fish, right? That was just supposed to be his lunch for the day, right? That's it. And look at him walking into a situation where there is a greater need. There's a greater hunger in a generation. And Jesus is saying, hey, give me the little that you have. I want to bless it and multiply it and bless the gener- and bless the people that are there, right? And so that's always the the story that I share along with how how Jesus Collective started. It's we were never intending this to be anything else, but we've literally watched with our own eyes how God has taken this and multiplied it, you know, and it's never been our strength or anything that we've done. It was just a simple form of surrender and saying, God, like, what can we do to bring a broken and lost generation to your feet and into your presence? Um, so that is just basically the short form of how <laughs> Jesus Collective started. Yeah, but I think that's like amazing, you know, what God can do with obedience and what he just said. When you heard the word, you just obeyed. And I think, you know, that's and it's not just, just obedience. I would say it's like crazy radical obedience that you had because, I mean, most people, when God says to do something, they rethink 10 or 20 times and then they end up not doing it. And I've seen people not happen that happened like to a lot of people who i know and god said something and they they don't they're afraid about the risk that's going to happen but god can do a lot with crazy radical obedience and it all takes like that's one step that you need to take to see how you know things just pan out and every moment everything that i think every major thing that's happened all around the world, i mean even some of the greatest searches we see it all started with this obedience. And when God says, go, you just take it up and go. And you don't wait there and think and start thinking about the risk. You don't have to start analyze it. You just listen to the word of God and then move. That's, 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 that's everything in a nutshell. That's what everything God works on. And if you actually see um, the word, like uh, in, in, when Jesus calls Peter and John, Peter, James and John and Andrew, um, Jesus goes there and he says, just two words, follow me. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing because that's like you see them having the same obedience and leaving their nets, leaving their professions to follow a guy who hate, who they barely know. Like maybe 10 minutes, they just saw him preach or something and they just like go with him. That's it. They don't know anything else about this guy. They just go on. Same with Matthew, the tax collector. He just goes and says, hey, Matthew, follow me. And he's like, All right, here I go. And that's the beauty of obedience because God can do a lot a lot more amazing things with that one follow me through your entire life because look at where Peter ended up three and a half years later he started preaching on the day of Pentecost and that's what happens with obedience and obedience is very critical and very crucial in in the bible and in our lives and I just want to jump into a last question while talking about obedience and uh, what advice would you like to give to people who are willing to start a movement or any worship initiatives like the ones that you did? Yeah. Um, this, we briefly talked about this a little earlier. Yeah, we did. Um, but I, I love this question too. And kind of touching base back to what I was saying earlier. Um, don't start anything out of the pressure to start and feel successful in your Christian walk. Um, that's going to be my first piece of advice because I think, 
a lot of us, I, I did, there was a little part of me that did have a little, you know, like hesitation in this as well because of this very thought, like, God, I don't want anyone looking at me and saying, oh, she did this to look a certain way. Um, like the intention will always be reflected in the work that you, that you show, right? Um, whatever that God produces through you, the genuineness is going to be obvious to those who encounter it. Um, so I would say first and foremost, make sure that it is a God dream. It is something that God has planted in your heart. Um, but two more pieces of advice really quick that I can give. Number one, make sure to spend your time in prayer. Um, I cannot emphasize this enough. If God is the one giving you the dream, you have to be able to plug into him and keep asking the question, God, what's next? What's next? Where do I need to go? Where do I need to be? Um, the question, the really important question or the, the statement is, God, I don't want to be anywhere that you're not right so if you're if you're here starting a worship initiative or a movement or a ministry or anything of that of that nature you need to constantly be praying and seeking the face of god and saying god where are you i want to be where you are um and then finally this third piece of advice um if god is the one that placed a dream in your heart or vision in your heart for for a movement like this um it is custom made for you to carry Okay, it is wow. very custom made for you to carry. So don't ever look at what you have been given and compare it to the next person's ministry. And I think this is very important for our generation to understand is that what you carry, again, is custom made. You will not find that in anybody else's hands. So who are we to look at what we've been given and compare it to the next person's because it's not going to look like that. And a lot of times that's where we trip up. That's where we mess up is that we try to take what God has custom made for us and try to make it look like the next person's. And there's a generation of people who miss out on the power and the anointing that God has placed on your life for the work that he has created you to do. Um, so third and final piece of advice is don't don't compete, don't compare, because there's no reason to. God has made you very uniquely for the ministry that he has planted in your life. That's just super, and this is like, you know, that last part, especially the vision part where everything is unique. And that I think that's like the most important thing that I think I just gonna go with that once again before we wrap up. I think every person has a definitive unique vision in their lives that's placed by God. And uh, I, I don't know who said this, but one of the great people, who, uh, one of those great uh, authors or speakers said this, you know, there are two great days in your life. The first day is the, the day when you were born. And the second is the day when you figure out why. And that the second part is like more like the vision part, because when you find your vision that God has placed in your heart, that's where everything lies. And if most people ask me this question, like a lot of people have asked me this question, how do I find my vision? I tell them, what is your calling? Find your calling. There's, and when you find your calling, there's, there's something that has got, that, that's got to do with your vision over there. And it all starts from there. And then people will be starting, how do I find my calling? And I go like, you know, think about it. What, what is the thing? What is the one thing that you are good at? What is the one thing that God has placed you that you find that is more, more to you that has more, that matters to you most and go on a conversation. It might be something to, it might be do with public speaking, but we be even going to over to texting a person 
and saying, hey, I'm, hey, are you doing good? Or it might be even starting a mail chain and sending to people, just like a uh, burst email to 10 or 20 people saying, hey, this is what the guy is doing. Are you guys okay? And just like maybe some graphics, maybe putting up an Instagram post, maybe doing a video, maybe doing a podcast, maybe doing something like a, uh, something like a worship initiative. I mean, you know, maybe any of these things. And then you find that you find your calling. And when you, when you discover your calling, when you discover your passion, you find more like, you, you find your vision there. And that's something that only you can achieve in this world. And I don't think there's any other person in this world that can achieve your vision. It's, it's unique to you. It's specific to you. And when you, when you uncover that, that's when, you know, you see like what God is doing. And that's when you see like God uncovering his real purpose for you. And then it's going to be a journey. It's going to be as like a father, son or father, daughter journey you just depend on God. And the most important thing about any vision or any organ, anything that you do is like, you just need to depend on the father. And I don't think there's anything else you get. Just like the exact, the perfect example that you get, like the five, uh, the five, uh, the, the boy with the five loaves of bread and fishes, he just goes there and he, he, he knows he, there's nothing that he can do out of his power to multiply this. Jesus can. And he depends on Jesus in such a way that he just gives it up. I mean, it's like, like you said, it's probably his snack. And, you know, it's probably like, you know, he's giving off his snack and he's like, but he depends on the father because he knows that the father is capable, that Jesus is capable of doing something bigger with that. And that's the whole thing about the vision, because the more you lean to the father, you know, the more you, you don't, you, it's, I'm, not, I'm not saying you don't have to do anything. There are a lot of things that you would have to do, but you would say that you are doing very little compared to what God is doing. And it's just an amazing journey while going through this. And it's just perfect. And you just have to, you just have to give yourself and depending on the father. And yes. And, and I just want to close out with that. That's like something that I wanted to add on to the mission part. Yeah, that's good. I love this conversation. I could talk about this all day. Yeah, so do I, but I don't think like, you know, we're a bit over time. So I think, you know, uh, probably we, we'll, we'll keep that to a, probably a part two or maybe an Instagram live. We could do something <laughs> that we could talk about. It's like, you know, there's like more like an hour over there. So, you know, I think I, th- I think they made it up to four hours live these days. So I think we, we can talk a lot over there. So I think that'd be all right. Cool, guys. That was uh, that was Joanna Finney and all from the Beholding Initiative, formerly known as the Juice Collective talking about the vision that God had given to her from 2018, how God discovered, God uncovered and prospered that vision to what we see as a, as a beholding initiative with different people talking about different topics every month in 2021. The way that this has happened is just purely amazing. It's not by talent, but it's just by prayer and dependency on, on the father, on Jesus. So the guys, that was Joanna Finney. Joanna, thank you so much for being here with us. It was amazing to listen to your story. And I'm pretty sure that everybody who's heard it, listen to this is going to be inspired and motivated and would be more propelled to find their true passion and their inspiration in life. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, guys, that's a wrap. And that was Joanna Finney once again. Make sure you guys check out her on Instagram. Make sure you guys check out the Beholding Initiative on Instagram and make sure you guys see the videos every month. And I think they had they do it every week, every other week. So make sure you guys listen to that. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for us with, as we come back to you next week with a new episode. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Bellwether's podcast. If you loved this episode, do not forget to share and subscribe. Also, we would really appreciate if you could leave a review. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.